Welcome to the New Mana Podcast, an Arch KCK production. Welcome back to New Mana, your newest favorite Catholic podcast on the Holy Eucharist. My name is Lee McMahon, your host, and I serve as consultant for evangelization at the Archdiocese of Kansas City in Kansas. But don't be fooled if you've got a pulse. This podcast is for you. If you are hungry for more, if you are fed up with the empty promises of the world, Jesus has more for you. We have been called the communion in Christ. We have been given the mission of bringing people to Jesus and to bringing revival to the church. So our title, New Manna, comes from John 6, 58. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus is the new manna, the bread of life, and he gives himself totally to us in the Holy Eucharist. So got a really awesome episode for you today. But before we jump in, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody for tuning in today, whether this is your first or 10th or 20th time for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And I also want to say thanks to everybody out there who has left a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You're helping us get the word out that Jesus is alive, that he is about a good work in his church, and that he is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist that he gives to us every single day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you haven't left a review yet, guess what? There's still time. Just don't do it while you're driving. Be responsible. Cool. So today I have the privilege of being in the awesome, super comfy living room of the Heron family, Mr. Joe and Miss Mrs. Kaylee Heron. Welcome, everybody. Thanks hey. for having us, Lee. And or I guess we should say thank you for being here, like coming into our home. Yeah, it's always fun to like glance back at when all of us met and to think that right. then if God would bring us together in this way is really fun adventure. For all those out there who don't have the privilege of knowing you yet, who are the Herons? Uh, well, we are a Catholic, I would say, Christian family um, living in Kansas City. Kaylee and I met in 2016. We met at a, a youth retreat. Uh, it was a Luke 18. Those of you aren't familiar, it's a, it's a um, Luke 18 is a is a youth retreat for seventh and eighth graders, middle schoolers, and we were invited to do music, both of us, just kind of from different places in life. And uh, and you're, you're musicians, just we, to be clear. We are. Uh, we we love music. I would say that is the heart of what we do. We do we've done music in the church for so long. Uh, I started getting involved in doing music in the church when I was in college. I went to Benedictine College. Go Ravens. Um, also, Kaylee went to Benedictine. So there's a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of BC. Uh, Go Ravens. So yeah, we we met at this this retreat, um, doing music, kind of in different places in life. But one thing that we had in common was our love for um, for music and doing music together was really this was the first time that we could experience that. And both of us were just really you know taken back by each other. I think we we started off kind of I I looked at her as wow who is this amazing woman of God who is so on fire for for her faith so on fire for what she believes and you know just in the short you know two days that we were together she i learned so much about her that just inspired me and i think that's the inspiration of a friendship and that's how it really started was was just a really genuine friendship i would say that that is accurate my walls were up a <laughs> hundred million percent when i met joe because it's something happened in my heart the moment i met him so mm. as long as i could just not look at his eyes i, I could find that i could hide what was happening but I think it's just super cool that when I was meditating on this podcast and whatever God wants for our role as a married couple, being involved with this podcast, yeah. it was really cool to me that it was Jesus in the Eucharist that mm. brought us together in the first place. I will never forget 
being at the Luke 18, Reach KCK for Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas, has that great program, and they always had drawn us in. And it was really amazing that the first real encounter, like where I started open up my heart to Joe even, was our first time singing together at Mass. Mm. And I will never forget that I, as soon as that last song was over, I remember thinking, uh, wow, that was so different than singing with anyone I had ever sung with before. I, it, there was something. I wish I could have said the same. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you were too distracted. But I, I think it was just so amazing that God, yeah, he used the Eucharist. He used yeah. Jesus and what Jesus needed of us to actually bring us together. And then, uh, you know, we can dive into it later. But it was then later, just only what a couple hours later that there was just one of the most unforgettable moments for us was during adoration when you get to be in the presence of our Lord and he just becomes like the compass rose and the North star all at once for you in Mm. that moment. And when he took our walls down even further after both of us receiving confession right after that mass, and then we ended up in adoration together, it was truly a Holy spirit moment. And if you want to dive into that later, but I think that just really says a great deal about who we are in a nutshell. Yeah. Just the weekend that we met, every time that we decided to give our lives even further and surrender further to God, especially in the Eucharist and in his sacraments, like the closer he and I would get to each other. And then just the more joy and fun yeah. and all the good things of the Holy Spirit would come for us. So yeah. I feel like that is also what rings true in our household. And when we don't do that, mm. not so much fun. Right, right. Yeah. And I just want to give a testament uh, to you guys out um, to how awesome you are because you are two of the most joyful people that I know. And you're so in tune with the Holy Spirit. You're so in tune with the, the promptings and the movements of God that uh, supernatural like realities are just so present to you. And I hear more, you know, the stories of like, Oh, I woke up this day and this thing fell out of my my Bible. And then like I walk over to the windowsill and this one flower is blooming in the middle of winter. And it's like, whatever. Like that's 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 who you are. And you're just so in tune with um nothing's too small for the Lord to speak through. Oh, and you. and you you're you're just so in tune with that. So thank you for being who you are. Can I share that little quick moment about sure. that adoration? I just think it's fit sure, fitting now. Of course. Uh even when I was trying to continue to be like, what is going on, God, mm-hmm. that weekend? Uh, we then, during adoration, there, it was, like I said, this is the second time Joe and I had ever even sang together. Sure. And it's different when God is calling you to lead worship with a room of people, especially teenagers who are, a lot of them, not even wanting to be invested yet. So they're searching for what God, why they, God is having them there. So... You like want to give your whole soul and surrender uh, to whatever God is doing through you, so that you don't barricade, yeah. you know, anything that He might be trying to do. And so I just will never forget. Like truly, our eyes were opened, like literally every way, because there was this moment where Joe was doing this instrumental break and guitar solo. It was actually a piano for once, That's but great. yeah. And so he's doing this instrumental break and. I'm just praying. So we're just having so much fun. The yeah. kids are like actually so engaged. It was yeah. so beautiful. Jesus, I bet just felt so held. Mm. And 
I will never forget. It probably was three minutes straight. And without any cue from each other, I didn't even look at him. There was nobody doing like lyrics to where we knew what the next song was. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't rehearse any of the music. You know, right. We just kind of went into it with this, with this attitude of prayer, which is typical for, for Eucharistic adoration. You kind of right. go in and um, some musicians do talk about their set list, but we, we didn't for this reason. Yeah. I don't know. We, were just... we didn't. <laughs> we were distracted by each other in a good way. But so we, uh, I, it was, we took the same breath. And I really believe that mm. it was just a moment of breathing in the Holy Spirit. But we looked, took, we took the same breath and all of a sudden just both busted in the exact same lyric into holy spirit the song mm. holy spirit like holy spirit you're welcome here that it, was the first thing we we like we just sang it together yeah i wasn't looking at her and she wasn't looking at me we were looking i'm at getting you. goosebumps this is normal folks you're, no, you're getting goosebumps out there <laughs> I mean, you see yeah. it's just normal in the room but right? it wasn't even the song i didn't even know what song he was playing he was yeah. just playing instrumental and so i just think it was such a testimony because if anyone could have seen what my eyes on the interior were doing because mm. I had to totally hide what my eyes were doing sure and then later you know during the like end of the retreat then I was like oh my gosh do I even say anything what right just happened did he even notice and then he actually brought it up he's like did you like notice that yeah. one time yeah, I, was, I was like did you know I was gonna gonna do that yeah like, were you looking at me or seeing what I was playing mm. on, on the keys and yeah just but- it was just so amazing. It just, just happened. Just a testimony, though, to what God will do through surrendered hearts to bring you together when you're not even trying. You're just trying to help bring other people to mm-hmm. him and yourself. And yeah. then he will connect for you, like, the people that he wants you to be a part yeah. of your family. And so, I mean, that was a moment where the Eucharist, yeah. Jesus in the Eucharist, but he was like, and this is your soulmate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Surrendered hearts, earnest hearts, honest hearts are those who usually have the least amount of fear of man. So like worried about what people are thinking or worried about what they're thinking about you or mm. you just like they're they're not self-conscious as like a child. Like mm. a child does yeah. not think about themselves like, right. oh, if I do this thing, what is, you know, what is my brother or sister or my friend going to think about if I do this thing? They just do that thing, right, you know? Right, right. And yeah, I think that's totally you guys. Like oh. you're so... An egotistical two-year-old. That's that right. Describes <laughs> that's more or less it. No, yeah, no filter. So, no, that's hilarious. But yeah, and, and just how providential the Lord, like during Eucharistic adoration, during praise, that that moment happened. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I want to know from the beginning, if you could take us back, like what's your, what's your personal story your love story of falling in love with with jesus mm, for me it happened i was seven and it was at my first communion my first holy communion yeah um i was so excited i'm the oldest in my family my mom my parents were were i was blessed to grow up in a catholic family um oldest of nine so i've oh, got nice. eight, eight younger siblings my mom had five boys in a row <laughs> and we were like you know two years a year to two years apart it sure. was just like a, a basketball team wwe instantly. in the house yeah <laughs> So uh, I'll remember because I was the first child in my family to receive uh, First Holy Communion. And I was so excited for that opportunity because my parents were so excited. And I think because my parents were genuinely invested in seeing their their first child receive that sacrament that inspired so much joy and anticipation in me. And so I'll never forget dressing up in my suit, my black suit, little tux, you know, just a little dapper Dan. And I 
I was so looking forward to because I was also receiving my first communion with my cousin. Um, and she was, we were really close and we were just, you know, really, we both talked about like Christmas. Hey, I'm so excited to receive our first communion. <laughs> you know, we just like so little cute. kids talking yeah. together. And, you know, we, we knew our catechism like back and forth. Sure. We had been studying, you know, we, we were just in little know-it-alls about everything. I was would, so ill-prepared compared uh, to this scene in your catechism. We, I loved and, it. And so we'd quiz each other and, and the day finally came. Yeah. And, you know, and I, to me, it felt very much like a wedding. Mm. As a seven-year-old oh. boy, I'm thinking like, nuptial. Yeah. this is like an amazing thing. I, I'm into best man or something, you know, but I, I'm, I'm just, I remember being so excited for the day. And then that moment when I... Uh, received First Holy Communion. It was just a beautiful thing for me. That's when I fell in love with the Eucharist yeah. as a kid. And it's just grown from there. And um, the more that I've learned about it, you know, especially from my parents that, that live yeah. in their lives and their their uh, their their demonstration of what it is to be a Catholic family, mm. that just, they put the Eucharist first and going to Mass is mm. the number one thing. So I was just very blessed and fortunate to to grow up in a family that that made that a priority. Yeah. I, that's so beautiful. That reminds me of that old movie with all the, the big family. And they're like, did you memorize your catechism? And they do all like that snapping and clapping. No, you haven't. Nope. T- yeah, I'm lost. All right. I'm well, lost too. Anyway, I didn't even know what the word catechism was when I was seven. I don't nice. think I, when I prayed about it and I asked Jesus, what, what was my first love encounter with you? All I could think of was my big brother. Mm. And I realized that like when I was born, like, I don't remember loving my big brother. I just did because he was already existing when I was born. Mm. And so I was like born into this family uh, and my family, they had a very true like love for God and mass and the Eucharist. Like mm. we were the kids who were at mass in our soccer uniforms, you know, sure. and they never had us miss because it was so important. But it just made me think of uh, how along the way I like I admired my big brother and loved him and knew him just like with Jesus. And so growing up, I, I loved him. I knew him. Uh, but even my first communion, I remember being more concerned about my dress. Mm-hmm. And I even, mean, naturally. Yeah, yeah. And my confirmation, even the same thing, to be honest with you. Um, even though I loved what I was doing, I just felt I was part of a family affair. Like the bigger family, church family, and my family. Mm. And then somewhere along the way, just like when my big brother like invested in me and I was like giving him a yes to taking me to a concert. Yeah. uh, All of a sudden, Jesus was just like, I remember I forgot my backpack one time in the chapel at Benedictine College. And I had never encountered adoration before. Mm. And I went down to find my backpack and there's Jesus in the monstrance. And I'm like, something is different about this room. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just feel like I should sit here. Sure. And I did. And it was like, oh my goodness, the Eucharist. Mm. He just, he, I don't even remember what was said. I just was with my big brother. Mm. And he took, and if you've ever had a big brother, he just, he just takes it all away. You know, he just restores and renews, just mm. even just being in his presence. So I feel like that was my first, uh, my my family, their witness yeah. of going to mass, my grandparents' true love for it and their joy and 
I, I just really, I can't say enough about, yeah, just for, for me, Jesus was just always there. It's like a big brother mm. through the Eucharist. That's, that's unique. I think powerful, um, just how the Lord revealed himself to you in that personal, tangible way as brother first and how I just think that's, that's beautiful. And it's almost unique. Like when you look at the gospels, it's, it's Jesus revealing himself to his disciples or to be disciples as like savior and Lord. Mm. It's like, um, Bartholomew, I saw you underneath the fig tree. <laughs> It's like, what? Oh my, oh, Jesus, Jesus, (laughs) you are the Lord. You're the king of the, you're the king of Israel. And he's like, seriously, you think that's cool? Just wait, just wait. Um, But yeah, how the Lord made himself known to you as brother. Yeah, and he Mm. would wake me up in it whenever there was a moment where somebody was trying to restrain me from getting to go be with my brother. Mm. You know, especially in college, I remember, I just remember specifically, Benedictine really has a beautiful way of, allowing an atmosphere sure. where Jesus can just be so present for you. And I remember that was the very first time in my entire existence, you know, 18 years old, freshman year of college. And I was over at a house and hadn't gone to mass in the morning, but they had this evening mass <laughs> that I always went to. And um, it was my first experience with being in like a chapel choir. Mm. I got kicked out, but that's a different story. But I remember the people that I was with in the house that I was in, we were like five blocks from campus and nobody would give me a ride, but it was really dark mm. and A-Town is spooky. Sure. And so- is haunted, yeah. yeah. It's tall, tall trees. Right. Tall trees, not a ton of- Well, and I could hear my mother's voice being like, don't walk alone at night, right? So anyway, sure. I remember sitting there on the couch and nobody would give me a ride. Mm. And I was like, I remember burning on the inside. Mm. I was so mad. I I wanted to be at mass so bad. And I feel like God was allowing that night because he knew my heart and how bad I wanted to get there. And I feel like he was allowing this restraint almost to awaken in me such a fire for what I actually believed. Because mm. then I was like, oh, wow, I really miss this. I really, I really believe because yeah. why am I so mad otherwise? Right. It wasn't just to check a box and get to mass for obligation, it was like, I want to go be in Jesus's presence. I want to be there. I did. Yeah. And I didn't get to go that night. I'll never forget. So when I went to confession, I was like, I still blamed myself because I'm like, you know, maybe I should have just walked, but either way, sure. or made more phone calls, you know, but either way, yeah, it's cool. This how is before Uber. So, it was, you know, <laughs> like Uber. I would have had money for Uber, back <laughs> but I just, anyway, either way, I just think it's neat how God, even when you have a surrendered heart, like you were talking about, yeah. He will even use your failure when someone's holding you back to even fire you even more. Mm-hmm. And then to gift you a confession to like be like, I'm sorry, I didn't get there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's just that big understanding uh, yet real brother for you. Right. Mm-hmm. He understands the real world. People, I think, uh, how do I say this? Culture, I think, really loves to make Jesus seem far off and distant yeah. and disconnected and unhuman. Right. And just like, oh, he's this this like divine, you know, ghost who took on like a flesh suit for a little bit. And it's like, no, right. Jesus is fully God, fully man at the same time. That's crazy. And we know it's called the hypostatic union where these two complete realities coexisting at the same time within one person. How is it possible? All things are possible with God. It's, it's not something that I'm going to fully understand this side of the veil, but 
how profound, right? That yeah. the Lord is relatable. He understands the dirty, nitty gritty realities of like daily life. The Lord kind of had the opposite problem in the temple. He's like, hey, Passover was great. Let's just keep this party rolling. And Mary and Joseph were a day out south going to Nazareth and he's in the temple still. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, you had that same desire. You didn't want to not be there. You wanted to be there to just rest in his presence. Yeah, and I think it's really cool, like what you just, all the of what you just said, that it wasn't that he was a person. It's that he's so alive now. Yeah. That it made me feel something. Yeah. You know? And I just feel like Ernest Hearts, you know, even Mother Teresa in her talking about her darkness and not sensing him, mm. her heart still burned for him so real that yeah. she was able to feel the pain of not feeling him. Yeah. You know, so yeah. even if you're feeling that pain, it's just cool how God can work through pain, emptiness, and like burning and right. sin even. Yeah. Uh, our own, obviously, but now he does it yeah. now the lord's heart is f like he has a living beating heart right right now yes now like at the time that we're recording this and also whenever you listen to it right now he has a living beating heart yeah that yearns for you yeah and ours mm -hmm. just echo it yeah i think it's cool to think about because like you said he has a beating heart and we also have that that heart yeah that's it's, it's simultaneously thinking about the humanity and divinity of god you know, it's Jesus Christ is our, our Lord, but also like what you said, Kaylee, about being our brother, mm -hmm. you know, it's yeah. and, and just having a beating heart and knowing the connection that we have. Yeah. As to like to have to experience that simultaneously with our Lord. It's just, right. it's really cool. Yeah. Because it sounds like at this point you were still like, okay, the Lord is primarily brother to you. Mm -hmm. Was there, was there a moment when um, Jesus became not just brother, but Lord to you? It keeps happening during adoration and all yeah. these memories. I remember being at NCYC, which is the National Catholic Youth Conference, mm -hmm. and our diocese of Kansas City got to host it. And so there we are in, at the time, the Sprint Center, and mm -hmm. there's like over 20,000 people. Yeah. So how is this tiny little piece of bread, yeah. if it's not Jesus, going to affect me mm -hmm. in a room of 20,000 people right. that I'm chaperoning I don't know, 60 teens from sure. Holy Spirit Catholic Church here yeah. in Overland Park. And how is that supposed to affect me, right? So he's obviously Lord and obviously real because that was my first experience in adoration where I will just, I will never ever forget like hysterically crying. Yeah. And nobody had ever told me before that that could happen. Yeah. This was my first experience of other than like random adoration, praise and worships here and there. Like I was just being invited into things. So right. I remember specifically he, him becoming Lord to me because at the time I had gone through a really abusive relationship mm. and, um, and that person had actually been incarcerated and like taken out of my life. Right. Sure. And I remember thinking to myself during adoration, I don't even thinking, I remember just staring at Jesus and all of a sudden God was like, yes, I love you enough to let you hurt. Mm. And it was like, father, father's love hard enough to do things that with their children are even going to hurt, taking them to get their shots, you know? Yeah giving them learning opportunities where they're going to physically experience pain. They're going to have to be patient. They're going to have to wait. 
And in that waiting, in that time, mm. it is going to hurt. And the yeah. father is going to be crying and hurting the whole time. Yep. He's holding this kid while they're getting the shots. And that moment for me was like, I, Kaylee, I love you enough yeah. to let you hurt by not being around the person that was hurting you. And I love you enough to let that not only help you, but this person. Mm. And the the overpowering of love for me, of someone that could love me that much that they were willing to hold me while I was hurting mm -hmm. and allow that. Um, I feel like it's a really weird truth for some people to like embrace, but how was I hearing that voice? I, it was not mine. Sure. And I was in a room of 20,000 people. I should have been so distracted, but I wasn't. So much so that yeah. I cried for about 20 minutes and I'll never forget. It helped me for the rest of my life in encountering pain that there was nothing that God wasn't going to wrap his arms around that I couldn't get through even yeah, when I was hurting. it's a good word. Yeah. Hmm. So what's your relationship with the Lord look like today? I think it's still just a never-ending journey of encountering something. It's kind of like it reminds me of being a kid. You know, you you never would tire of, you know, playing the same game over and over again. But right. much more than a game, it's something that you're you're actively like seeking to learn more about and experience. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's actually more difficult for me now than it was at a younger age because as an adult, I see more adults and people who seem to not. Yeah, um, to kind of disregard what the Eucharist is. And it's really hard because there's such, and even for me too, I can see how it could be that reality for people to to go to Mass, to receive the Eucharist, and then live a life where you just kind of, it loses its wonder. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it, I think it's because there's no, it's kind of like being dropped off in a, in a helicopter on top of Mount Everest mm. and then coming back and, you know, yeah. that's it. There's no journey. There's no, there's no like adventure. I feel like the Eucharist and I, I'm guilty of this too. I just go to mass and yeah. you know, that's it. You know, I'm like, here's the pinnacle of my week and I'm just helicoptered into the top and then that's Air, it. Yeah. Airlifted out. Yeah. I think it can be extra challenging, not extra because everyone has challenges period. It's, it's challenging though. When you are a, a music minister, worship leader, because he's doing sometimes three, four masses in a weekend mm. and it's kind of a it's kind of a unique. I mean, like 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 with priests, you know, they have to say multiple masses yeah. per week, and I'm sure they might encounter the same. I've always asked priests, is it is it never get tiring for you to say the same you know prayers over sure. and over and over again? And for me, I do, you know, three to four masses a week sometimes too, doing music at mass and, and adoration, Eucharistic adoration, and so it sometimes it can become a little bit numbing to experience that, right. and but at the same time, even in that in that dryness. Uh, there is still a thirst that I just have to recognize and tap into. And so anytime I experience that, whether at mass or Eucharistic adoration, I say, Lord, um, my heart is dry right now. Please mm -hmm. help. Please, please fill it with something, right. you know, they're yeah. like to recognize that dryness really helps. It's, it's kind of like love too, in general. I mean, yeah, just thinking about marriage and the sacrament, the beautiful sacrament of marriage and how love isn't a feeling, you know, and it's going to mm -hmm. feel dry at times, but love is choosing your spouse over and over and over again. It's choosing the Lord over and over and over again, no matter like how you may feel, because feelings are like the tides, they come and go. Mm, that's a you know, beautiful analogy. They come and go. And a yeah. uh, big shout out to our priests out there, especially, and anybody who who um, has a role in the church who 
uh, where they find themselves at multiple masses every single weekend yeah. uh, and beyond, like funerals and weddings sure. and all this stuff, right? And how those uh, who continue to persevere, honestly, that, that's, a, that's a level of heroic virtue uh, to keep choosing the good, to keep choosing the Lord, no matter how it may feel at any given moment. Yeah, and if I can add something to that too. Just I remember, like, I don't. I've lost count of how many um, adorations God has blessed us to be able to be a part of. And there are times when you'll be like two or three songs in, yeah. And I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm not feeling anything yet. And so I. I can't recommend this enough because it works every single time. Mm. I just say, dig deeper into me. What do, what do you want me to get? Mm. What do you want me to get, Jesus? Like what? And I will just hone in on that. And whatever lyric is happening in the song is great. But I, I don't want to leave empty. And he doesn't want me to. You know, I almost hesitate to say it because some people are like, but I did leave empty. And then I'm like, ask again. Mm. ask ask again then yep and then when you still feel it ask again because that's what a little kid does yep i i mean they will do it until you silence them and then five minutes later i want a snack <laughs> they're back oh, and, they're just yeah, me. and you're like how are you back i yeah. just almost punished you for asking so many times <laughs> and you're back but jesus is like how many gospels how many times can i put it in the bible Kaylee, yeah. like, ask. I want you to yeah. ask. And this just came to me. This uh, one of the last retreats that we got to lead music for. And I say got to because if you can't even breathe without God. So anytime mm. we're anywhere leading music, yeah, I just recognize so fully what a blessing it is to have Him utilize us however He wants to. Yeah. But we were at the the summit, which is this beautiful retreat that uh, the youth ministers of Kansas City, Kansas, came together and. Uh, they brought their teens from other different parishes and this last February they had a summit and I was preparing for a talk at one point and I kept hearing that word ask. Like I just want you to keep pounding that into the talk. Yeah. Ask, ask, ask. And then God's like, Don't you see the acronym, Gailey? Ask is actually ask, seek, knock. Oh my gosh. Whoa. And I was like, No, Why? okay, we have to end. That's I'm done. <laughs> I was like, Why did I not notice that before? Oh my goodness. How? Ask, seek, knock is in the word ask? Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? And why wouldn't it be everywhere in the Bible? And so I guess if you're feeling that dryness, whenever I feel that dryness, then I'm just like, I need to ask again. Yeah. And the cool thing is, just we know this from Christmas, those little kids are birthdays. The more that we ask for something, the more we fight for something, then when we receive, we're like, whoa, mm. that tasted so good and yeah. i see even clearer mm -hmm. because i asked so many times that yep. jesus was like you did really want it mm -hmm. and when i gave it to you you got to taste the fullness you know like yeah. when someone does their fancy little thing where they smell the wine and stuff i don't know how to drink wine but they <laughs> you don't you don't <laughs> i don't but they that's like the thing you know when you see someone savoring mm. wine it looks like it looks good i don't know i do the same thing with chocolate but mm. yeah Either way, a little more dangerous, but or not? <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, when you're when you're getting to uh, lead the music, I think yeah. that right there is just an answer to your question too. Where am I at now? I, if I'm not asking, I'm failing. Mm. And the more I ask for Him, and I when I say that, it might sound yeah. obsessive, but I mean like Jesus, what do you want me to eat for lunch today? 
How much do you want me to eat for lunch? And I might be afraid at one point that I might annoy him, but then I'm like, wait a second. Heaven is me being 100% unified with him at all times. So why would I not demonstrate to him that I want to be 100% unified with him at all times? And that's where when Lee talks about those supernatural things that seem to happen in this house, they're only happening because we're searching. Yeah, you're open. Because they're happening to everyone all the time. That's the reality. Yeah. They're happening all the time. It's just, am I searching and noticing like a little kid? And if I am, they will happen. I will see that. I will witness them. And then I will fall more and more in love with his heart because it's just constantly him being like, receive my heart, receive my heart. And then you go to mass, you're covered in three children. There's, there's, yeah, there's just fluids everywhere. Yeah, there's so, yeah. so there's, there's much noises. Going but I think, I think on. that's what really we're all parents here. So we know, yeah. you know, and how kids work. I think that actually has helped me to appreciate the Eucharist more as mm. being a parent because I know one thing that, you know, families have busy schedules, but when we can come together over a meal, yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, I never appreciated family dinners growing up. I was like, are we done so I can go do something? Yeah, I just like wanted to eat and be done. But now as a parent, I see the value and and just the the joy of a family being together at a table. And that to me, kind of what you said, Kaylee, about like uh, as a father too with children and asking, uh, that that is so inspiring when a family's together and they are sharing a meal, they're sharing conversation, they're having a relationship that points to the mass in so many ways, right? Like, you know, yeah. Thanksgiving, Eucharistic, Eucharist means Thanksgiving. So like the idea of Thanksgiving dinner, where it's just like, boom, we got all the sides, we got all the family together. That's what we love the most as humans. Yeah. Like we love being with people and yep. the mass misses, like we miss out on that going to mass, not thinking of it that way. But that's what I, I love about being a parent because that helps, that's helped me to at least really appreciate my love for the Eucharist. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think being a parent is the single most influential influential factor in my ongoing conversion. Sure. It's like Matthew eighteen. You know, blessed are the blessed are the children. Like, let them come to me. Right. Like, unless you become like a child, you will not. Hello, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. Like we, that's what we have to do. And children always ask. They're incessant. They don't stop asking. And there's nothing too small for a child to ask about too. Yeah. You know, and it's the, it's the last thing that Jesus ends with. Like uh, Mm -hmm. he says, ask, seek, knock, ask, seek, knock, ask, seek, knock. And then he tells the parable of build your house on rock. Mm -hmm. And like, that's it. That's the end of the the sermon on the Mount. And it's when I don't ask because something has distracted me or whatever, Mm -hmm. or I'm impatient. Yeah. That's when I I miss the supernatural beauty of of heaven completely yeah. embracing earth and secondly I end up doing something stupid sure and then I have to look back and be like oh sorry God yeah that was my bad if I just would have taken a second and asked you then uh you know the crucifixion to all onlookers yeah. looked like Jesus messed up they were like don't go back there they're gonna kill you. Yeah, and then he's like, well, "That's what my father needs me to do." Yeah, I'm going. So I guess what the beauty of asking too is, is when something seemingly to our cultural world looks wrong, like it went wrong, yeah. like you know, the one summit where I broke my arm, for instance. Yeah, I, I never look back and feel like, um, in any instance, 
that I have a regret about it because if it went wrong and I was earnestly asking my father, then my father is going to earnestly make sure that I do what I needed to do. Mm. Even if it was something that was painful, he loved me through that pain. Yeah. He was restorative through that pain. And that speaks to the Eucharist as yeah. well. You know, that, yeah. that's the asking and the offering, you know, it's just this beautiful constant. Our asking is honestly part of the yeah. humbling of the heart and the sacrifice. Yeah. I think children too, they know to go to mom. I'm just thinking about the example of like my kids coming up to me, like my two-year-old, daddy, I want a snack, you know, just <laughs> the whatever. And it's like, no, honey, I, I just gave you your afternoon snack. Like you can't, no snack for you. Right. If we go to Mary, Mary goes to her son. And well, that's that, you know. Well, I just believe what God puts on my heart is that just for moments, just like these, one, yeah. are you somebody that first said no to God, but then, oh, wait a second. Okay, I'm going to surrender here yeah. and I'm going to let you work your miracle in me. Yeah. And so for us to be okay with the fact that, yeah, I did say no. And it takes humility to be like, well, I said no, but now I'm changing my mind. Yeah. And so, yeah, that we can change our mind to allow God to do a miracle. And then two, that... They say that the Blessed Mother, like one of the beautiful joys of having a relationship with her that I've tasted and taste, like that's why I have a Hail Mary alarm in my house because she's changed my life. Yeah. And, but that she brings honey to everything. Mm. If it's a cross, it's a sweeter one. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that that's part of why God had you bring that up is yeah. because just with the Eucharist, like there is no Eucharist without the mother. Yeah. There's, you know, without Mary, uh, being willing to say that yes. And I think it points to how can all of us be even closer to God and surrendered even more in the Eucharist is by asking the Blessed Mother to sweeten mm -hmm. it for us. Help us taste it. Who do you who do you think made that bread? You know, like yeah. in the at the Last Supper. Who actually made that <laughs> right. bread? I bet you I bet you good money wasn't any of those boys in that room. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Seriously, you know, it. like she probably made the bread that became Jesus' body and blood. Oh my god. Packed gosh. it up in a little lunch and you know. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> never thought Here you go, that. son. Enjoy. Right. right. I, I I like to think that she was there. I mean, because why not? Um but yeah, you special know, special day. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, just thinking about that, how like uh yeah, our moms out there, love you, mamas. Uh, you always, uh, always provide, you always give, you sweeten it all. So thank you for being moms and sweetening crosses. You're so much better at saying no to like <laughs> the way I'm just like, no, I love you. Go away. No, you know, but moms are like, you get down on their level. You speak softly, speak gently <laughs> and you really console them. And then by the time you're telling them and like consoling them, like they, they probably are like ready to walk away by the time that you're Usually. done actually. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You're just so good at it. Done. That's why it's such a, you know, it's like I wanted to be a mother and a father because yeah. we need both to be prepared for a life. Yeah. There may be a lot of folks out there who might be on the fence about this whole Eucharist thing. Um, what advice would you give to anybody out there who is on the fence with respect to the Holy Eucharist, the reality of Jesus in the Eucharist? That that is a question that it's so difficult to answer, but at the same time, it's so important to answer because I think if we realize that, hey, you're not alone in in your your doubts or struggles or the reality mm -hmm. of it, you're not alone. Like, I mean, it, it is a mystery, and there's so like, and even in Scripture, John six, you know, John chapter six, that's really what it's about. It's talking about, hey. 
Jesus turns to the you know his disciples and says, "I just lost these guys. Are you gonna go with them?" Like, like he's asking them that question because it's a hard reality. Mm-hmm. It's a hard road to walk, but at the same time, just knowing that we have the word of our our Lord and Savior backing it yeah. with, with with what actually happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would say for anyone who's 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 struggling with that concept of the Eucharist, maybe to think um, we can't escape the reality of what happened. Historically, we know that a man named Jesus Christ died on that cross, right? And for his reasons, right, you could say Jesus was a liar, a lunatic, or he was telling the truth, right? Yeah. What, what is it, the three? Liar, lunatic, Lord. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. like we know. Shout out C.S. Lewis. Alliteration. Yeah. So, so with that, with just that in mind, you know, even the, like going back to this, this dryness at Mass, like yeah. I mean, you see it when the priest elevates the host. Or when you're walking up to communion and we make that reverent bow or genuflect or whatever way that we receive the Eucharist, I think can translate to our hearts. Mm. Um, because even if, if if I go up to communion and I'm just not thinking about it, that is, that's just going to fuel, put, put fuel to the fire of doubt. Mm. Or um, if I, if I see a priest elevate the host and I'm thinking, okay, right. what am I doing for kickoff? You know, yeah. like then that that's that's those moments but i think just to pray and and trust that the holy spirit that the holy spirit is there yeah um i don't know if you want to want to add to that because we we do music at mass a lot together mm-hmm. um sometimes rocking a car seat with my foot nice yeah and we you got know? kids kids screaming and you know like we're distracted or like yelling, and, yeah but i think that there's something that has to do with like the merit of just persevering yeah yeah. So if you have doubts to persevere through that, because you know there is a promise. Wow. Joe, you just connected the dots. <laughs> Ask, seek, knock. And what? then when you don't get it. It's just going to keep going. Again. Build your house on the rock. Perseverance. <laughs> yes. Perseverance through the storm. But keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. Because, yes. wow. I, I think that that's absolutely true. I love when you quote things, and I never knew that you actually knew that quote. And then I'm like, wow, that's so cool. That was cool. Which, anyway, which quote? The L's. The, the liar, lunatic lord oh, thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. He yeah. reads and I watch things, so it's like a fun thing where I get to learn about <laughs> literature through him. <laughs> I read the Bible. <laughs> That's all I have time for. I'm covered in beautiful children. But anyway, I I, I believe 100%. When I ask God, I'm like, if you wanted me to walk away from this podcast, mm-hmm. what, what is the like one major thing you want me to share? Yeah. And that would be my number one advice is to act like you believe if you want to taste and see. If you want to taste and see, then that is the first battle that is huge that you have just won. Mm. Taste and see. What advice could I give someone who wants to experience the Eucharist or is even curious? Taste and see. And I don't just mean go up and eat the bread. I yeah. mean, when you're when you are going to mass, whether you are sitting there and your kids are spilling Cheerios everywhere Ooh. or have just dropped the water bottle and it echoes louder than anything you've ever heard mm-hmm. and or have just had an accident and you're just like, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to concentrate? Mm-hmm. That that is your offering. Then, then you do that thing really, really good because you are raising more warriors for the kingdom. And so... When I am distracted and I've got a kid crying or like one time one of our kids had an accident while we were singing, while it was a communion song that I was leading, while she was hanging on my leg telling me and I could smell her. Right. And I was like, Lord, 
you know how bad I just want to be close to you right now. So let this, this struggle lead me closer to you. Let it sharpen me more. Let it make my desire for you to be even more. And so then when I get this quiet, intimate moment with Jesus, mm. my quiet, intimate moments with him are so targeted and um and I don't take to, I don't take credit for that. I mean that because of the struggles of trying to get to him, my heart feels like it gets to to breathe. Yeah. Like somebody has just really breathed into me. Yeah. When I get to receive. And so even walking up to receive the Eucharist, I might be holding two kids at one time. Yeah. And you'd think, okay, if you want to experience Christ, then you have to have a total quiet heart. Yeah, right. No distraction whatsoever. Yeah. And then how, how, how are there any new soldiers that are supposed to be raised for the kingdom? Are you kidding mm -hmm. me? No. I'm going to instead give everything I have in the circumstance that I am in to ask, which is great. The asking is the first step if I want to be close to Jesus, but then I need to seek him in that moment too. And yeah. I, I need to do another step further where he can tell I'm not walking away until I have. Yeah. And then I get physical and you got to knock on the door, right? It, it's a threefold. He's not like, yeah. just ask. He's like, be insistent to where the person knows you're not going away yep. until you get it. Yep. And he loves that because he's yeah. like, that means you desire me. And yeah. so now, just like when, like, imagine two people who are so in love and you're watching that movie and you're like, oh, man, they're about to kiss. Mm. And like, you've been waiting the whole movie because they've been working, like, they've have gone through so much together, right? Yep. But that is like, you know, even more so, I don't know how young, young our listeners are, but even the marital embrace, when two hearts are 100% into mm -hmm. the kiss or the embrace, it is such a different, like, unbelievable, supernatural experience where it does something to renew, restore, ignite, and just breathe into the soul. Generate, yeah. It does. Yeah. To where what is new is something that you couldn't even have fathomed. Mm -hmm. And you now are ready to march back on. You yeah. know, I actually envision that moment where they rub those two things together, put it on the person's chest and say, Oh yeah, the defibrillator. Clear. Yeah. And I feel like that is what the Eucharist can do, whether it's in adoration, especially in the Eucharist where you're receiving him. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that if you ask, seek, knock, no matter your circumstance, yeah. if your heart is earnest, he will meet you infinitely mm -hmm. to where you crave it. Yeah. And you will, but it is a spiritual act, which means it's an exercise, which means you have to act continuously. Yep. But if your heart is true, it could be your first time, your millionth time, it will be new. Yeah. Because your heart is in it, and he will always meet you 100 yeah. million percent. And I think what you're saying really ties in well with the document we're going to go into a little bit later, but just um, thinking about like, okay, what are these, what are these examples of persistence that we see? Like, okay, you have to participate, you have to act, you have to go, you have to do, you have to be in, you have to involve yourself. You have to interject yourself into the life of grace, um, to, to get caught into the current, you know? Uh, but I'm thinking about Mark five, how the hemorrhaging woman, yeah, like this woman who had been suffering for, according to Luke, 12 years, um, going into the, like, like forcing her way through crowds of people, like mobs of people. Yeah. To just touch Jesus. Like, ah. Uh. 
And I think about also Jesus tells two parables, one of the, uh, the, uh, the, the judge who did not fear God nor man. And he's like, there's this one widow coming to him, just like nagging him yeah. over and over mm. and over again. He's like, you know what? Fine. Just give you what you want. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Yes. Fine. She's my hero. Seriously. I'm not kidding. I think yeah. about it all the time. No, it's great. And then you got also the, um, when Jesus was up in Tyre and Sidon, which nice. is actually the furthest away Jesus ever went from uh, Jerusalem, ah. farthest north. It's like 80 miles northwest. Anyway, yeah. he went up there for funsies to see the beach. No, he went up there Purpose. for this woman, yeah. for this woman to bring back those um, who had forfeited their relationship with the Lord, how many ever, however many centuries before, with um, you know intermarrying with Gentiles and stuff, whatever. Don't need to go down that biblical or that Bible study rabbit hole. But yeah, she's she's persistent. She's like, Lord, please, my daughter has a demon. She's sick. Help her. And he's like, doesn't even say anything to her. Doesn't even acknowledge her existence. And then she says again, please, Lord. And he's like, he calls her a dog. Uh, that's pretty low. And she's like, fine, but even the dogs eat the scraps that fall <laughs> yeah. from the, the master's <laughs> table. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and let it be done unto you according to your faith. Right. Yeah, one yeah. of the two like distance miracles that Jesus does. In saying that to her, he just affirmed for her something for the rest of her life. Yeah. For her to know that is what I believe. Mm. I know that sounds kind of like obvious, but it just dawned on me recently like that Abraham was tested not because God didn't know the outcome and all those things, but because then it solidified in Abraham's heart. Wow, I really value you, God. Mm. Why am I doing this? I just really do. Yeah. You know, so that in and of itself, why am I here at Mass? I'm here. I need to affirm that even if right now, I feel like I'm distracted. I came here for a reason. Yeah. There's, there is, there is at the core of it something, even if I feel like I'm coming because my mom just always took me, but you must have seen some kind of value in your mom taking you. Mm. Why are you here? You are here though. Yeah. And so to affirm for us that, that if we are making steps to seek act or to, to ask, seek knock, then He's using that and loving us to let us do it as many times as we need to before we are affirmed. Yeah. And it it changes your world when you realize how God lovingly lets you have your aha moments so that you can uh, embrace them. Yeah. He will even give us those things that we don't need Mm. to show us what it is that we truly do. Like when we ask for things that aren't ultimately, you know, gonna like lead us any closer to the kingdom of god yes it's like lord just give me a a new car please you know new car here you go and it's like you have everything you could ever ask for now what yes yeah i would just encourage any listener out there who's like i just don't get it and i I don't really see the point i would say that catholic or not just go to mass and and count how many times the word sacrifice is said Mm. and participate as fully as you can but also have the reality, I think, that it's okay if I'm not going to, like, if this is some dryness that I experienced through this. Right. Like, I think we try, we, we kind of like, we fool ourselves into thinking, you know, nobody else is experiencing this. Right. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. look at that holy person over there. Like, mm. what? And we have to kind of just really embrace that this is a hard thing. Yeah. And Jesus even says that. He says, this is a hard thing. Will you also walk away? Mm-hmm. He's not denying that it's going to be hard to, to do something like this. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like to, to put yourself 
in that position for success. Right. Like, you know, full conscious active participation, but then also recognize the reality of, hey, it's okay if this is going to be dry for me because it's hard. I was thinking too how earlier just how you said, um, like asking the Father, just asking the Father, just very earnestly, seriously in the moment, ask the Father and he'll tell you. Like he always responds. Always. If you ask the Lord a direct question, binary or not, yes or no, black or white, you know, whatever, like he will always respond. Who, what, when, when, why? He loves those questions. He loves those questions. It's like, it's not just this, Lord, if it's, if it be your will, reveal to me, you know, whatever. It's just like, ask him direct questions and he will respond. And I think about in the garden of Eden, like the devil tempted Eve and Eve, like Adam should have been protecting Eve and watching over it. And he was right there. If you read the scriptures, he was right there. She could have just asked God, what did you say again? Right. right. What what was the, what did you say again about this? You know, of this this one tree, like, what did you say? Can you remind me? And he would have, like, you yes, know, you so know, close. so it's like, man, we just got to ask. We just got to ask. It's yeah. true. And and he, he shows up. And if like, for instance, if you, this sounds stupid, I'll just be more personal. I'm like, I'm pregnant right now, which is really, yeah, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> awesome. It's our, our fourth and um, man, chocolate covered strawberries are just so cold and so good because they're so cold and the crunch, all the good things. Anyway, and it reminds me of the Immaculate Heart. She's, mm. It's all red, the shape, everything. They are, yeah. 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 I just love them. Point. And so um, I'm only bringing it up because I am praying so hard right yeah. now to not overeat. That sounds ridiculous. But I don't care. Whatever your sin is, whatever your addiction is, right? Sure. Even if the whole world right now gives me complete freedom mm-hmm. and like license to yeah. just hit oh, you're pregnant, eat whatever you mm-hmm. want. And I'm like, why? So I can feel like death? Like, I'm still not going to feel good if I do that, pregnant or not pregnant. You know, maybe I should eat something healthier, right? But my point is, there have been times where I will actually ask God in the moment, I will have the strawberry in my hand. Mm. And I'm like, if you do not want me to eat this, will you please give me the grace to put it back? And there have been multiple times when I so peacefully put the thing back in the bag and back in the freezer. And yeah, I've gotten to the point where the strawberries in my hand, but I'm like, there were two more prior to this. Mm. Like you don't need this third one. And so I am bringing up that very simple, very small thing because because St. Therese and Mother Teresa, they were such geniuses in being faithful in the small things and their strength really lied there. And in so many Mm. saints demonstrating that and so in those tiny, small acts yeah. where gluttony is a real deal sin, right? Um, but in that small act, even when the world is giving me full freedom, God will show up. And sometimes I have to ha- just have the patience, though. Mm. That's the hardest part. Oh, yeah. Is to have the patience to ask him enough times to either one, he'll just give me this total peace about eating whatever is in my hand, mm. right? Or two, he'll give me this like fullness of like, no, no, no. Really want it, yeah. And then the mother shows up, and there's just such a sweetness, like how you talked about how the mm. mom actually makes you feel good about walking away. Yeah, that it happens. And so, as I say, even when you are at mass, and you know these guys have talked so truthfully about there could be a dryness, there could be distraction, um, but when you go, go, yeah, like go for it. And realize that any, there is no dryness. There is 
no distraction, that is greater than what the father can do to help refocus you and what yeah. a big brother can do to help inspire you because you, um, for anyone who's ever had a big brother that they looked up to, mm. you just want to do it out of love for them because you want to do something back. Let's go back to what Lee said about childlike heart. It's hard for us adults to be like kids. You know, it's, it's really hard to, to embrace the, what you're saying. We got like, bills. Yeah, we got bills. You know, it's like. <laughs> what uh, bill will God not like, pay? I, I, Honestly. I can't be Come thinking on. about, you know, like, you know, candy and donuts, you know, or am I going to get to play outside? Like, yeah. even though. But like, you are. It's tough, though, as adults to like to actually think about being childlike at the, at the mass because yeah. it's it's uh, it's necessary, but it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. But it if is. I may, whatever all you just said is hundred percent true. But if I may for affirm affirm for us as adults, sure. our candy and our donuts, that's just something different. Mm. It's just an adult version of that thing. For me personally, it still sure. is the candy and the donuts. And the chocolate strawberries. Yes. Yeah. But like every God says to be that we are children of God and he doesn't differentiate between the ages because he yeah. is outside of the ages. And so what's so cool about that is that any challenge, any bill that does distract us, mm -hmm. any good temptation, anything that like tempts us, right, has a parallel in any age that we are at. Hmm. There hmm. is a parallel. Yeah. Because he calls us children to demonstrate to us that there is no difference to him how old we are, how young we are, because there is no age in yeah. his terms in the soul that he put inside of us. Yeah. Wow. So there always will be that parallel, which means we always can overcome it mm -hmm. because he is outside of every single yep. temptation, which is why the Eucharist is so cool and is the like the ultimate peak and summit yeah. to demonstrate that it all comes down to the heart. Mm-hmm. And yeah, amen. Our, yeah, yeah, when we talk about okay, and I know we've kind of been harping on this for a while, but no, this is good. This is good. this is real good, real good listener. Um, like, what is it that makes a child a child? Honesty, truly, honesty, like authenticity. Well, yeah, authenticity, yeah. honesty, these are kind of like yeah, synonymous, but sure, you know, it's like okay, why do they ask because they're just honest. Like, I'm not going to try and conceal anything. It's just like, I want a, I want a cookie. Can right. I, like, mm -hmm. can, will you give me a cookie? Like, that's what I want. Right, yeah. There's no, you know, guile in them, at least yeah. early on. In, in their mind, they're not thinking, is this going to make me gain weight? Right. They're, they're just thinking like, <laughs> right. like this, you know. This yeah. and, and the more them like of themselves, the more genuine version yeah. of them they are, the harder it is for us as parents to say no. Yeah. The other night, for instance, short story, our girls... Uh, they have bunk beds. Mm. We have a nine-year-old and a three-year-old. We call it jokingly 17 Cherry Tree Lane or 18 Cherry Tree Lane because if you've ever seen Mary Poppins, there's a lot of screaming sure. in that house. And that bedroom, sometimes we're like, what is going on in there? Yep. Demon, but, the demons is in there. <laughs> <laughs> randomly. But these beautiful... Can't get the holy water. Yeah. No, he really has said that to me multiple times. But <laughs> and, I, and I also do it. Yeah. But um, sometimes... It's like so beautiful mm. and peaceful and they're so loving to each other, which though oh, such moments of heaven. Right. And the other night I walk in and we, we've said our prayers and then the older one says to me, mom, uh, can I have a sleepover in Colette's bed? This is their mm -hmm. new thing they have in sleepovers. And I was like, no, because I want you guys to get good sleep tonight. Yeah. I promise, I promise, we'll get good sleep. Right. She starts going on to her incessant harping. She's yeah. working on me, right? And she's being so kind and sweet. But I'm like, 
holding strong. No, you need good sleep. And then I look over and there's the three-year-old sitting there. And <laughs> she just looks at me with those big blue eyes. Those eyes. And she just goes, Mom, we promised each other. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh. Okay. You can't say no. You can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. But I yeah. guess like that right there, just, just to be whatever you're going to be at mass, be you to the truest sense. You don't you don't have to go in there yep. trying to pretend or look and be what your neighbor is being. You be the most true version of yourself. Yep. Your Catholic family is there. Those that are going to be bothered by it are the ones that um, have other things to talk about in confession. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to worry about being anything but like the truest, most surrendered heart for yeah. Jesus because that is why he is dying to have you there. Yeah. You know, just be you. Yeah. And you. yeah. And then to ask the way you yeah. would ask not to work. You can learn from how others ask. Yeah. But then to not worry if your way of asking is different. Yeah. And that he'll show up in that because you're true. Right. Amen. I think this is a good opportunity to transition into the second part of our conversation today cool. about our papal document. Today, we are going through paragraphs eight and nine of Dominice Cene by Pope St. John Paul II. He wrote this in the amazing time of February 24th, 1980. And that was actually the second year that he was Pope, the second year of his pontificate. Why? Why did he write this? He wrote this, uh, he, he says in paragraph seven, the purpose of these words is to put forward some general reflections on worship of the Eucharistic mystery. And he says earlier on that, um, why? Why does he do this? Why reflect? So that they too, as in the laity, may be able to be built up and vivified, filled with life to offer mm -hmm. spiritual sacrifice and to participate in the Holy Mass. Mm -hmm. And the church and the world, he says, that they have a great need of Eucharistic worship. Jesus waits for us in this sacrament of love. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and then just a refresher on like what it is that we're doing here. Um, when we talk about papal documents, encyclicals, apostolic letters, whatever, mm -hmm. like it's really intimidating because this isn't like, Oh, I live in Rome. I study this stuff. I live this stuff every day. It's it's kind of intimidating. So the point is to break it down, to, to chop it up into little small bite-sized pieces so that we can all walk through it together. And Lee, why are we walk, why are we reading through this document that was written from the Pope just to the bishops? Why? Because like I said earlier, they are their job is to get us to heaven. And us, as in like you and me, like our bishops, I love Archbishop Nauman here in Kansas City. Love you. Mm, big shout out. Big, yes. shout, big out. shout out. Yes, just we thank love you. Him. Um, He's a good buddy. So yeah, Joe, Kaylee, what are some of your greatest hits from this brief section? I mean, I I I just couldn't stop reading it. I but it was it, taken in each sentence, like you said, bite sized. Because mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. this is this is a this is a lot of stuff. Pretty man. thick. Yeah. I mean, it's some thick thick reading for sure. Dense is right. Truly. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like you know, you're gonna eat an elephant one bite at a time. You know. Yep. But you know, so I mean, for me. The first in paragraph eight, the the one that jumped out to me was he talks about, he mentions an awareness of the act of presenting the offering should be maintained throughout the mass. Mm -hmm. An awareness of the act of presenting the offerings should be maintained throughout the mass. Yeah. And it, it dawned on me when I read that the center, like the, the middle of the mass is kind of like the definitive point where we can really like reconvene our hearts yeah. to God. You know, that's what I love about the mass is you've got the liturgy of the word mm -hmm. and then the liturgy of the Eucharist. And that point in the middle 
is the offertory or the, the presentation of the gifts. Mm-hmm. And so often that's kind of regarded as like, you know, everybody sits down. Bathroom church, break. Bathroom break. You know, okay, it's kind of like intermission in the movie. Yeah, exactly. You know? yep. And everybody hates intermission, you know, or loves it, depending on yep. what, what you're watching. Your bladder like size. Yeah. yeah. And it, it becomes at the mass where it's this transitioning phase that people are not really engaged. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself personally, like as a musician, typically there's like an offertory song that's sung after the homily yeah. or after the, 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 the petitions, the prayers of the faithful. Yeah. We say, Lord, hear our prayer and we're praying those prayers. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to sit down here, shake off the dust and, and reconvene. But yeah. it's in that moment that we really need to draw our hearts into that awareness mm. of what's about to happen. Like when we're sitting down, singing that song, whatever, whether it's a, whether you have good musicians at your church or God bless them, they are kind of riding the struggle bus that should be disregarded in that moment. And yeah. we try to get our hearts in tune with what's about to happen. Yeah. There's no better time because we're sitting down. We are, you know, the priest is saying prayers over the, the offering of, right. the, of the gifts. Um, the, the wine and the bread are brought up, which mm-hmm. signifies, you know, us bringing our, our spiritual offering, yeah. our spiritual offerings. Yeah. And so, and that's at that moment in the mass where we can use that to our advantage. I think that God is really giving us an opportunity in the beauty of the liturgy of the mass in that moment as the faithful to just rest. Yeah. Just think about it, you mm-hmm. know? And, and when, when Pope John Paul II, he mentions that like, and awareness of the act of presenting the offerings should be maintained throughout the mass. That was the point that I really, um, and, and then he also mentions too, you know, uh, the Eucharistic prayer, uh, I think it's number three, but he says, it, and I'm all, I, can I interject? Please. There's four different prayers that the priest can offer during the celebration of the Eucharist. So there's uh, Eucharistic prayer number one, two, three, or four. The first one is actually the most ancient. Mm, which is what he talks about here, actually, mm-hmm, yeah. is, is Eucharistic prayer number three. Yeah. And the words in this, you know, I've heard them, you know, hundreds of times. But when you when you take it down and you read it and really think about what, what the priest is actually saying in Persona Christi, in the mm-hmm. person of Christ, right? He says, look with favor on your church's offering. Again, talking about our offering, yeah. right? And see the victim whose death has reconciled us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by this body and blood may be filled with his Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like nourished by the body and blood and then filled with the Holy Spirit yeah. and become one body, one spirit in Christ. And then this line, you know, may he make us an everlasting gift mm-hmm. to you. Those words during the consecration, I think, just kind of fly over my head sometimes. Sure. But to, to, to think about those words and what is actually being said is a beautiful summary of the Eucharistic uh, sacrifice. Yeah. You can look these up like they're online. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would absolutely, it's fun. Cause Joe and I, I won't even say that we did it on purpose cause we wanted to talk about things a lot beforehand, yeah. but we really put our trust in the fact that, okay, if God has, if we're asking and God's calling us to, uh, do specific things during our day, then if we're taking care of what he's having us do in our domestic church, yeah. then he's also going to take care of us being in conversation so here. True. And I think it's so cool that because we put forward, put first things first with what he needed us to do that, like I'm seriously looking at my notebook and like one of the, the first thing that stands out to me is exactly what he just said. It's yeah. another Holy spirit moment. I seriously wrote down while my children were having a battle awareness of the act 
of presenting the offering should be maintained throughout the mass. And God just puts on my heart so strongly the importance of doing it the best you can in your circumstances with an earnest heart because we are all coming there as children and therefore there are going to be those distractions. And God calls me to not be afraid to be repetitive about that, especially for all you mothers listening and fathers who have younger children, that if you still have an awareness though of what is going on, even though you are, you're having to stand in the way back, right? Or maybe you have to go stand in the bathroom as I've had to do that before to nurse a baby. But I'm like, Jesus, I am missing the words right now. I can't even hear them. But I am here in this building and I have such an awareness of how much I love you. And you know I want to be in there hearing those words even more. So let what I'm doing right now be the thing that takes me deeper to your heart. And let this be my um, united offering with you. And um, just that awareness of, of whatever I am doing like St. JP too, he was just a rock star um, for being a proponent of family and young children and distraction. And uh, he even said that there was a team of people that were in charge of keeping him on time for things because he would allow God to move. So uh, I echo that. That was one of the number one points that stood out to me was that the awareness um, is going to be one of the number one vessels, if you will, yeah. To get your heart to, to where you want to be with Jesus at right. Mass. I think that's that's really profound. Just the awareness, the intentionality. Yes. Um, like how many how many of the Lord's disciples, followers, wanted to be in the upper room but couldn't be? You sure. know? Like how many um, had to go find somewhere else in this jam-packed city, Jerusalem, which had people say like 2 million people every year at Passover would flock to this tiny little desert town. Wow for this one sacrifice. Right. Like how does that even happen? Right? Right. So yeah, like longing to be in the room but not being able to. Like the point is the longing, right? Is the the unity of heart um that's there. Right? And then it breaks down all yeah. walls. Yeah. It breaks down all the barriers that we see. Yeah. And we're still able to taste as long as we're willing to believe that he can do that. Right. With us. There's that one scene out of the Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson, um, where Mary, you know, goes to the place over the the jail cell that Jesus is being kept. Yeah. Right. Or it's it's a jail cell, but tradition has that he was actually thrown into a well overnight. Mm-hmm. But point being that she could sense where he was and was there with him, even though she was separated by, you know, some distance or some physical um, barrier. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that really struck me, the... Uh, Pope St. John Paul II said in paragraph eight was, he said, it is better that we should now concentrate on what is essential and immutable in the Eucharistic liturgy. I just really appreciated that because he's basically saying, let's focus on the heart of the liturgy. And he says this, he goes on, he says, there is a close link between this element of the Eucharist and its sacredness. That is to say, it's being a holy and sacred action, holy and sacred because in it are the continual presence and action of Christ. His presence and action at the same time. He says, the Holy One of God. 
And it's amazing how much people are like, oh, you Catholics, you don't read the Bible. And it's like, okay, you should read JP too. Uh, he's quoting like 10 different scriptures in just this one sentence, how he says, the Holy One of God, he references Luke 1, 34, John 6, 69, Acts 3, 14, Revelation 3, 7. And he goes on to say, anointed with the Holy Spirit, referencing Acts 10, 38, Luke 4, 18. Goes on to say, consecrated by the Father. He's referencing John 10, 36 there, to lay down his life of his own accord and to take it up again, referencing Hebrews 3, 4, and so on. And the high priest of the new covenant, he's referencing actually a super ancient Byzantine liturgy, which he just kind of leans into the, the east side of the church. Um, people don't know this, but there are, I think, don't quote me, 26 churches in communion with Rome. So there's mm. actually 26, but one true, one holy church. So I just wanted to say that. That's that was pretty cool. So he's, he's referencing the wisdom of the East here. I love that. I'm just yeah. like, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank is, you, Jesus. Yeah. Was there something that, where they, in the Eastern Rite, they they say words during the consecration, like out loud or sing something? I have no clue. I, I heard that when they elevate the host that they sing during that moment. But I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I think you can sing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what the rules no, are. In the document, it talks about when the bread is elevated, then they sing the holy, holy. Mm. Or a sancti, sanctum, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. It talks about holy things. Right. I gotta know my rights. That stood out to me know actually. Your that, know your rights. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that that was like one of the major things that stood sure. out to me. But that was a moment that stood out to me only because it was cool. Because the word invitation stood out to me, mm. and we keep talking about ask, seek, knock, and I think that God is so neat in the fact that every part of the mass is his way of like just continuously inviting. Yeah. Oops, did you miss that one? Don't worry, mm -hmm. here's another new invitation. Yeah. Oops, did you miss that one? Right. Another new invitation. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes on to say that um, for it is he who represented by the celebrant, he's referring to Jesus, it is he who represented by the celebrant makes his entrance into the sanctuary and proclaims his gospel, his good news through his presence. It is he who is the offerer and the offered, mm -hmm. the consecrator and the consecrated. That's yeah, amazing. A lot to take in. Yeah. That's that's but, some deep. I mean, deep we're already stuff. we're already talking about the divinity and humanity of Christ, right? right and right. then thinking of him as an offer and that's offering, nuts. like that's yeah. <laughs> How does this make sense? It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. make sense to the the finite mind. Um, and, he, and just to wrap up this paragraph, because it's well, I say this paragraph, this paragraph, I was like six or seven paragraphs, but whatever, um, this section. He <laughs> said, the Eucharist is a holy and sacred action because it constitutes the sacred species, the sancti, san, or the sancta sanctis, that is to say the holy things, Christ the Holy One given to the holy. Hmm. And they sing this at the moment when the Eucharistic bread is raised in order to invite the faithful to the Lord's Supper in the Eastern liturgies. Come on. Okay. You got, got it. You got nailed it. it. Okay. You nailed it. I thought it's, uh, yeah. Man, I love <laughs> how much the church is a poet. True. And you didn't even know it. And you didn't even know it. I could, yeah, you just can't Come resist on. that one. No, you had to. No, the it's church, okay. there's so many, like, these words, like, anything yeah. written by Pope John, St. John Paul II is yeah. is poetic and beautiful because he just, yeah. Well, I think he loved that part of God. Mm. You know, he loved the beauty of God and the 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 poet in God. If, yeah. I, if I may. You may. Thank you. You're welcome. It is a super small sentence, but... It just was the thing that continued to beat in me. Yeah. Pun intended. The heart of every mass. Mm. And it was so small and almost like, is even that really that big of a statement? But that it is the heart of every mass. And there was a question you'd posed to us at one point about um, 
you know, what, what does this mean for the church as a whole? And it made me think, you know, Matthew Kelly in, in one of his books, um, I believe it is the four signs of a dynamic Catholic. I have to look it up. Sure. But either way, he states that 7% of the church actually does everything for the church. Seven, oh, I see seven, what you're saying. Seven percent of the body actually does the action for all of the things that need to Volunteers. happen for the church. Yeah, volunteers, yeah. contributions, everything that makes the heart beat, if you will. Mm. Right. And so for me, what an affirmation of the impossibility that the Eucharist could be God and man, but that it is. Yeah. Is that the heart of the mass is the Eucharist. And we have, if you were to take a human body and that human body was functioning at 7%, how long would it last? How effective would it be? A human body functioning at only a 7%. Sure. Even just, just break it down to the human heart and you get a report from your doctor that your baby, I'm sorry, but your baby's heart is only functioning at a 7% right now, ma'am. You're just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my baby. Yeah. 2,000 years later, the church still with only 7% because the Eucharist is what is the heart that is beating at the center of the body of Christ, yeah. the church. The church still has these unbelievably flourishing moments in its remnant. And that to me is such a testimony of the power of the Eucharist that it is the heart of the mass. It is the reason why... Um, not saying anything ill about our Protestant yeah. brothers and sisters, but why I long for there to be a restored unity yeah. so that they can experience that fullness because it is the heart in the church, the greater church of the body of Christ. And then it is this beautiful beating heart yeah. in for each of us. And uh, just one quick little story, just to give a visual, sure. right? Uh, it's really cool how God uses specific callings for you to be placed in a specific way. And if you're asking in whatever moment you're in to show you something, he will. And so there we are in a choir loft singing over a mass. I'm sorry. I don't even remember when or what church I was in when it happened, but I think we were singing for a wedding or something. I remember being like, Oh my gosh, the sound system is terrible. So it was very mm. like tempting to be distracted. Right. But I decided instead I was going to ask what God wanted me to notice because he had put us in this situation, right? And it was so cool all of a sudden how it was like I was watching the human vascular system. Mm. As I noticed that the tabernacle doors are open, Jesus' heart is open, and here comes all of the little like blood cells, if you will, mm. to collect what they need from the heart to be restored, renewed, and then circulate back around. Like physically, you're watching yeah. them circulate up the aisle, receive Jesus' heart, and then circulate back to their pew where they then should circulate out yeah. of the building and Jesus' heart should circulate everywhere. Yeah. And so, yeah, mm. the heart Cool of, image. Yeah, God just it's was beautiful. like, watch this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so the heart of the Mass mm. and when we ask and when we act on that and, and recognize or have an awareness that it is the heart of the mass and we don't quit asking until we have the like inner conviction. Yeah. The, the pulse. Yeah. Then you start to sense something that wasn't there before, which is this new love. Yeah. And it's so cool. 
Once you fall in love, you can't unknow him. You might try to suppress it. Sure. But you can't unknow it. And that means you can always come back to yeah. it. Yeah. The analogy of like the the human body and like the body of Christ. I could spend days on this just like how right. like the lungs, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives like the the giver of life, yeah. right? And how like blood is useless without the oxygen that it you know, like mm, yeah. it takes to the organs and all the other parts of the body that actually need it to use the energy that's there in it's whatever like we could go on and on oh, just yeah. like this oh, yeah. and blood is also worthless if there's not something pumping it so it's like right geez okay there's something that you said joe but i was just thinking about how jesus's life perfectly reflects the liturgy it perfectly reflects the mass why what okay so jesus worked for 30 years in silence almost in silence like we know he actually you know from luke his childhood he said a few things when he was in the temple did you not know that I would be in my father's house? But the point being that he worked for 30 years in silence and didn'tness. And then he goes and he speaks. He right. speaks to the world. Yeah. And then he sacrifices. Mm. He offers sacrifice. Mm. And then he comes back and he says, go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Mm. He go sacrificed. forth and announce the good news. Exactly. Right? Like, he sacrificed. He gave himself to us. So the analogy of Christ's life is is literally the mass, church. the story of the mass. Yeah. Right? And you look at it, wow, that's amazing. Like he worked and then he came and he spoke and then he sacrificed, gave himself as sacrifice and then giving us the commandment to go and do the same. That's mm. just, man, this, this, there's no coincidence here. Yeah. Yeah. And just testimony to the fact that there is just nothing that he does without purpose. Mm. He's just trying to speak to us yeah. all the time. And, and going back to purpose, I think like the question I was asking, like, why did Jesus respond to Mary with, how does this concern me? The very fact that he asked that question, it shows that like he's pointing to the fact that there's a purpose like of recognizing what's happening mm -hmm. like in that moment. And so, yeah, it, it, everything is for a purpose. There's nothing done that's not meaningful in the eyes yeah. of, of our Lord. That's so, so amazing. Yeah, he's not... He's not testing us. He's not trying us like he's some like oh. manipulative live, like mean older brother, like he's some tyrant trying to do some like power play. No, he's he's providing the opportunity for us to actually ask. He's 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 providing us the opportunity to be faithful. Yeah. Ask, seek, knock. He's not ignoring us so that he he doesn't get any joy about like not providing what it is that we are asking for what it is that we need he doesn't enjoy that it's even harder yeah it's like he's dying to give it to it yeah well, yeah and his parents too we see the fact like you said earlier Lee, you said oh when our kids actually are honest and come like mm -hmm. that and yeah. so like we don't want so sometimes we'll even prompt our kids to ask the right question yeah. you know we'll we'll encourage them right to do the right thing we don't necessarily give them the answer that they need yeah you know we'll, we'll kind of lead them in that path but that's how God views us as his children too in the same way. Like right. it gives him great joy to see, yes, you did yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. You, you, I didn't have to like push you. You had it. Yeah, you had it in you. Yeah. And yeah. and then he's such a cool big brother that he's the big brother that it's like, I just spent my entire summer working for this um, money, but um, I'm going to give it yeah. to you to give to dad mm. to, um, to fix the car that you just ran into right. the garage. Right. And so... When you're going to mass and you're like, what do I have to offer you? He's like, well, yeah. I already gave it to you. Yeah. Just, just go ahead and do it with me and yeah. you've done it. Right. Because I already gave you my heart to offer. And yeah. in that way, he gives us that invitation yeah. of feeling like 
you can just come as you are. Yeah, I was reflecting too. I think we were talking about Abraham and Isaac or something. Yeah. But like, I like, it was a three day journey to this mountain for oh, the sacrifice. Ouch. And like the point I was trying to make was like, okay, middle of the mass offering the 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 procession of the gifts yeah. is a moment where we can come dog tired yeah. to church. Yeah. Do our best to listen. Do our best to hear um, His providence, His faithfulness throughout salvation history up until now in this very moment into the future and then just say you know what lord i trust i trust i trust and then just get up on the altar with us like because that's it's truly that moment of us taking our hearts and putting our hearts on the altar to be sacrificed time and again time and again and i was reflecting also how jesus um on his last uh journey into jerusalem he he uh he weeps over the city jerusalem or jerusalem oh how I would love to have gathered you as a hen brother, uh, mm. gathers her brood under her wings. Mm. And yet you, you kill the prophets that come to you. Yeah. And yet he's just like weeping. He's truly weeping. Like it's just, it's heartbreaking. His heart was broken and how our hearts break too when things aren't going right or when, like in rejection, like that's an opportunity for us to just weep with him, to offer our hearts weeping, oozing in, in love in sadness in anxiety, in whatever it is, not because the Lord just wants us, wants to validate our anxiety so that we can keep being anxious, but he just wants us as we are. And he's going to yeah. receive us as we are, but his love is so good and so transformative that we won't be able to leave the same way that we came in. Yeah. yeah. And that, that happens as a result of that offering, that pure of heart offering. That's all he wants. He just wants us as we are and uh, he will transform uh, it beyond our wildest imagination. Yeah, I always imagine like I don't know if you guys ever watched on your kids that movie Tales or that show Tailspin and just how many or just any time you've seen like a, a plane in a movie that's sure um struggling to land, you know, yeah. maybe Memphis Bell, they're trying to get a wheel down, you know, the, the wings are it's just yeah. tilting and I seriously imagine like our family every week when we're getting in like our that's vessel. A great, that's a great image. Yeah, it's just like just annihilated and covered in holes and patches and we're like you can hear the rudder being like as we're coming just in. lost engine four captain yeah, and, like, <laughs> and then you're like where's the gunner and then right, she's like right. i'm in the bathroom <laughs> and you're like and your right. whole family is supposed to be helping this and uh meanwhile by the way you're supposed to be like uh trying to feel like you're clean and looking your best yeah so, sunday best whatever yeah. that means so meanwhile like I just imagine all these airplanes just crash landing yeah. into the parking lot or just cars just <laughs> coming like, yeah. like spiritual cars just like, you know, drifting in and barely making right. it. I was saying, yeah, same thing with like a, a, a pit stop, like all the cars just like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, the wheels, sparks flying. the wheels have nothing, like yeah. there's no tire left. Yeah. And like that's, um, that's our families and that's also just us as individuals yeah. but if we get there we leave with like the most amazing like Jesus is the pit crew yeah and what he does and then to give you like direction and encouragement to um a lot, a lot of that document talked about that the men and world restored to god through the paschal newness of redemption mm. and that just pointed even more to how it's the heart of every mass and that whatever ship you bring, yep. that God is going to do that with. and um, But it is going to be, God is always going to do it. That's yeah. what's cool. Is when you come, he will do it. But the thing that he wanted mm. 
when I sat in meditation sure. and I was like, what's the other thing, God? And then he was like, well, Kaylee, I gave you the word ask and I'm going to give you a similar one. And it's the word act. And, and then he used the document to just make that another beautiful acronym mm. for us for the how, which is if the word act was a full arrow just pointing to how to do it, how to taste and see, mm. it would be that you would have an awareness communicating truth. Because of your awareness, you are then going to do things with your body, mind, and soul that are going to communicate the truth of what is happening to you right there in yeah. your own heart and in the hearts of those that are around you. That's good. And you're going to taste and see difference, but it will only happen when you have the 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 conviction. So you could even change out the word communicating with conviction, but to have an awareness, a conviction of truth and that your truth that day, especially when you're a mass is I'm going to seek you with my entire being, no matter my circumstance. Mm. And I hope um, that it can just wipe your face for even one second. It will change. It changed my world when God helped me, especially through the inspiration of St. Mother Teresa and just how much, you know, I thirst. Mm -hmm. She was just so convicted in her heart by that. But when you are at mass to say, what can I do during this mass, God, mm -hmm. um, to help you feel like something uh, or to help you feel like your thirst is quenched, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, an awareness communicating truth uh, or an awareness and conviction of truth, whatever one God is putting on your heart. Um, as an aside, was just don't try and be put together. You know, like uh, just uh, like how the people who thought they were put together in the Gospels were worthy of condemnation. Like, <laughs> yes, the the exterior reality that we present ourselves to the world with, like, yes, if we try and gussy up, get a collared shirt on, do that whatever like regardless of what it is it should be a, 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 as honest and pure a reflection of our interior disposition as as possible so like that's that's kind of what i'm going for here right it's mm. just like hey offer what you got call it good you know if you wake up 10 minutes late after mass has already started throw on throw on those sweats and get your keys to your to church you know whatever like whatever it is just don't be afraid he will receive you always just go just go Amen. Yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid. Amen. Because the only reason why we wouldn't want to do it is if we didn't believe that we were going specifically for Jesus. Because yeah. the reason I don't want to walk in 10 minutes late is because of all the people that are not actually going to even yeah. care, but that I think are going to care yeah. that I have walked in that much yeah. later. And so, again, yeah, really let yourself, and I say let, really let us all believe yeah. that we're going specifically for Jesus and yeah. it will also take down those barriers that would keep us from getting a mess. Yeah. There was a man last week on Friday morning and I was like, oh my gosh, I look like trash. I'm going to potentially come in right on the money, but I felt called to go to mass last Friday. And, uh, so I took our baby and I yelled down the stairs like, Joe, we're going to mass. <laughs> Just went, I saw a window and I was like, oh my gosh, you took it. You got to take it. Mass. Oh yep. my gosh. I don't even care what I'm wearing. And got there, and um, this man walked in, 
and I was in the back with her and he had one kid in pajamas, shoes kind of falling off and one little girl. Um, and as soon as he walked in, she was seriously screaming at him as yeah. he walked in and glaring at him. And he looked at me and he goes, she thinks she's a teenager. And then <laughs> his kids physically fought him the entire mass. And the whole time he maintained um, joy and he kept going, look what Jesus is doing for yeah. us. And he even <laughs> had to walk Jesus out. Yeah, he, <laughs> she slammed the door mm. and was making all this insane racket. And I'm, I just want to give a shout out if that man is listening. If that man is you. You know who you are. Um, bluey pajamas on the little kid. Thank you. And Thank you. panda bear dress on the girl. You were inspiration to me mm. because mm. his heart was like, I will be with Jesus if it's the last. Nice. Well, I want to thank do. all those parents like yeah. that, like this young yeah. guy, all the parents who are taking your kids to mass. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Cause like as other parents who see you there with your kids, it's inspiring to us to know yeah. that, like, Hey, they get it. Yeah. I'm not going to church for you. Yeah. That's right. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to mass to, to send some signal, you know, I'm, I'm going to mass because I want to offer right worship yeah. to he who's given everything for me. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. And I need life. I need life. I need grace. I need, I need what he's given to us. And, and, uh, yeah, I just need more Jesus. Um, man, I was thinking about how uh, just kind of a funny thought was like, okay, give what you got. Um, like the, the one, the, one of the first scenes out of, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean is Johnny Depp, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, like landing on a pier <laughs> on the very top yeah. of the ship as it's like Sinking almost ship. completely yes. sunk. It's like the last Yes. inch he just perfectly nails it right onto the onto the dock and the ship's just gone somewhere I'm like that is perfect um, yes. if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about oh, but yeah. um i just want to say thank you thank you joe thank you kaylee for uh having me in your home thank you for having all the listeners here in your awesome living room as well um yeah i can only just sing your praises as to the witness to family life that you're living and that yeah just like life can be crazy. Life can be full. Life can be beautiful. It can be all of them at the same time. In Christ, anything's possible. Mm. Anything's possible. And um, I just want to say thank you for your witness to joy and your witness to family life done right. Um, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the good thing. Keep, keep being awesome and keep leading people deeper into relationship with our Lord through music too. Like, cause you guys have an anointing on your life to uh, praise and to bring others with you in that praise so thank you well thank you so much Lily. like we, we really appreciate this opportunity because there's so many great people in our archdiocese and you know just to to know that we have an amazing bishop and amazing priests and deacons yep. Yep. and seminarians shout out to all those guys yeah to who pray are, for them more too yeah we got like everybody listening like we got to pray for our priests and our yep. seminarians because we don't have those guys then we're, we're not going to be talking about this yep. you know it's gonna be really hard to talk about mass yep. when we don't have. So a shout out to those guys. Thank you all to our amazing priests who might be listening to this as yeah. well. And just to want to do a little bit of virtue signaling real quick. Um, that's a joke. Um, um, <laughs> Mondays, Mondays I offer everything up the whole day for those in formation. So seminarians, people uh, in the process of becoming religious. So Kate up in Rome, you know it. Yeah, Kate mm -hmm. got you. Um, Deacon Aaron Waldeck, all seminarians, Michael, Santa Marina, all you guys, Drew, Dan, you know who you are. Point being that that's Monday and just do the same. 
if you're like, how do I do this? I'm like, man, yeah, we should pray for people more. It's like, well, here's how you do it. Your morning offering is for those people. Your, uh, when you want a, a diet soda or whatever, and you go for water instead, yes, Jesus, give that to him for those people. Same thing on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, I offer, wait, is today Wednesday? Yeah, today is Wednesday. Yeah. Woo, okay. <laughs> um, Wednesdays too, like I offer everything up for uh, the priests, bishops, deacons, and religious of the entire world, but specifically for those in our diocese, especially Archbishop Nauman and Pope Francis. It's really easy. It's not complicated. It's just got, you just got to do it. But potentially, I actually wrote that down was to, because that document inspired it in me. Because yeah. when it talked about how the priest is so like, uh, fundamental Intentional. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. and so like, apart and that mm-hmm. he's so interconnected yeah. in what's happening I was like oh my gosh I'm being really bad at intentionally praying mm-hmm. for them on purpose so uh, to think of what is the thing whether it's an alarm on your phone yeah. or like Lee picks a day right yeah. or like I have a picture right now where I can see Father Gerard like right behind us in our wedding picture right now you know Lurking. Father Gerard shout out for all yeah. you've been for us and our marriage um, but yeah to specifically schedule yeah. when to pray for these heroes because we do not have the Eucharist yeah. without them and the heroes that they that they really are and so unsung. Yeah, we, and we can do it, family. We can do it. Yep, we We're can do the it. Church, we can do it. Real easy, easy peasy. Yeah, big and small. So thanks again for tuning in today. Thank you to everybody who's left a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You're helping us get the word out. Uh, that Jesus is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been New Manna. We'll see you next week.